you ready to get in the word this evening? Amen. Let's go before the Lord really quick and just invite his, he's, his presence is already here, but I want you to invite the presence of his spirit to speak to you tonight. Exactly what you need. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We thank you so much that you are our source of supply in all things. Tonight, we thank you for the ministry of the mighty Holy Spirit in our midst. He is the teacher. He is the agent of divine revelation. He takes from you, Lord Jesus, and gives it to us. So tonight, we thank you for the anointing that is here, the anointing that is upon your word. We thank you that that anointing will lift burdens and destroy yokes of bondage. So tonight, we thank you for a supernatural equipping of the saints so that we may go do the work of the ministry so that the body of Christ may be built up and that the kingdom of God would be advanced in Omaha, the surrounding areas, this nation and all around the world. Father, we are so honored by your presence here tonight. Lord Jesus, we fully expect that you will do what you said. You told them at, right before you went back to heaven that it, it says right in your word in Mark 16 that the Lord worked with and confirmed his word with signs following. So we expect that tonight. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. Well, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to specifically start in verse 10. We are talking about how to develop spiritual strength. Last week, we started talking about the, this segment is how to be strong in the Lord. See, the Bible doesn't, Jesus doesn't suggest this. He commands this, that we are to be continually strengthened inwardly in the Lord, that this power to be strengthened is found in Christ, which is where you and I are at. So we have to learn how to live in him in order to be strong. And thank God the Holy Spirit is here to teach us how to live in him. To be conscious, to be spirit conscious. Conscious that I am a spirit, right? I possess a soul, which is my mind, my will, and my emotions, and I live in a physical body, right? I'm conscious of my spirit. I'm conscious of the mighty Holy Spirit. I'm conscious of spiritual things, not natural things, right? The Bible says to be carnally or fleshly or naturally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded, to pay attention to spiritual things is life and peace. So let's jump into this. We touched on it last week. I want to go a lot deeper tonight. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Paul, in writing this, it was, it's breathed by God. He says, after saying so many things, at the last chapter of this letter to the church at Ephesus, also to the church at Faith Family Church right now, he says, finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong. 
Do you know that God's words are enablements? When he says, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, that actually enables you to do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So tonight, when he says, be strong, it's in the commanded tense in the Greek. This is not a suggestion. This is the head of the church going, listen, I'm commanding you to be continually strengthened inwardly in me. Wow. So say this with me. Father, I declare in your presence, in the presence of my enemy, in the presence of my friends, in the presence of everyone, that I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Isn't that good? Man, I'm telling you, that might be something good to walk around saying all day, every day. Because literally, that's how you, in order to walk by faith, you got to be strong. In order to lay hold of the promises of God, you have to be strong in him, not in yourself. We're not talking about being strong in us. You're not created to do anything apart from him. You're created in Christ Jesus. This is the mystery that has been hidden from the ages. What is it? Christ in you, which is the hope, the confident, joyous expectation that I will see the glory of God in my life. Wow, Christ in me. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on. This is not, we don't put this on clothes-wise. It literally means be endued with. You have to allow yourself to be endued with the whole armor of God. And as we said, we're going to see what that armor is. It is literally revelation knowledge of his word. That's exactly what the armor of God is. Who is Jesus? He is, his eternal name is the word of God. The armor of God is the word of God. And you have to allow the revelation knowledge of his word to in just literally clothe you, clothe you. How do you do that? What do I do? I put his word first place in my life. I attend to his word, right? I incline my ears to his saying. I give his word my undivided attention. I don't divide his, I don't divide keeping my attention on his word with anything else. He is my final authority. When the word of God speaks, I listen. I shut everything else up and I listen to his word. When my body is screaming, I don't listen to that. I listen to what his word says. I sent my word and healed you, Tony. I myself bore your sickness and carried your pain. I will meet all of your financial needs according to my riches and glory. I always cause you to triumph. Don't buy what you're seeing right now. I always give you the victory. You can do all things through me, Tony. Right? So I give it my undivided attention. I keep it ever before my eyes. 
I fix my eyes on Jesus. He is the initiator and he is the developer of my faith, right? According to Joshua, I never let, my, let his word depart out of my mouth. I'm always speaking the word. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, right? I keep his word in the midst of my heart, and his word now is life to me because I find it, and it's health and medicine to all of my flesh. I let myself be endued, endued with the whole armor of God. Why? So that I could stand against the wiles of the devil. Right? Stand. That means to survey the battlefield. Right? When I allow the armor of God to literally manifest upon me as I meditate in the word day and night and the Holy Spirit brings revelation knowledge of his word to me, what that does to me is it takes me and it elevates me. It elevates me above every circumstance, above everything, so that now I, I look at my life and I'm able to survey the battlefield. So I always see him coming that's the word stand, survey the battlefield, so that I could stand against him, against, pros. That's the Greek word, face to face with him. He never can sneak up and take me out from behind. He can't do it if I allow the armor of God. As we're going to see, there is no armor for my back. There's only armor for my front. Because I'm never to be running from him, and I'm never to be surprised by him, ever. I stand against the wiles of the devil, the wiles, the methodia of the devil. That, that word wiles means he travels down one road, one way. He comes against every human being the same way. He's gonna, the wiles of the devil, he's gonna throw thoughts at your mind, blow after blow after blow, because he wants to penetrate your mind and get you to take the thought. Remember what Jesus said when he was on the earth? Take no thought, saying. How do you take a thought? You say it. This thought's hitting your mind. You're looking, at, you're looking at all the circumstances of your life and you're saying, this is not working out. And if you look at that long enough, you'll start saying, this is not working out. You just took that thought. Right? He's coming against your mind. You know why? He can't come against your spirit. He has no access to your spirit. Darkness cannot dwell with light. He can't steal. He can't kill. He can't destroy in your life unless you allow him. And we've already made a decision, haven't we, as a church? In your personal life, I'm never letting him steal from me again. And by the way, devil, you got to bring everything back you stole from me in the past. Right? I'm going to be in your face right until you get thrown in that pit, then I'll give you a break for a thousand years. But then after that, I'm going to be in your face again right until you hit the lake of fire, then I'm going to forget about you forever. Right? But until then, you got to bring it all back to me while I'm alive. And man, I'm telling you, Satan, I'm telling you, I'm going to live long on the earth, but time's ticking. you got to bring it back. That's Bible. 
that we might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why? For we wrestle not, verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. People are not my enemy. That person who hurts you is not your enemy. It's the one that is behind the person. Don't ever attack the circumstances of your life. Don't ever attack the people. It's not them. It's who's behind them. You take care of the one that's behind them, and it'll take care of what you're facing in the natural. You bind and take care of the spiritual root of anything, and the physical stuff goes away. Right? When you shut the mouth of the accuser, then the natural accuser's mouth is shut. Does that make sense? We're not in a natural battle. Your problem is not your wife. Your problem is not your husband. Your problem is not your ex-wife. Your problem is not your ex-husband. Children, your problem is not your parents. Parents, your problem is not your children. Grandparents, Jeanette and I could speak from just experiencing this, we are perfect, so there is no problem. Okay, we all know that, right? That's right? Okay, awesome. So, right? Pastors, those pastors that listen to these messages, the problem is not your congregation, right? Congregations, your problem is not your pastor. It's the devil, right? He is. We wrestle not. Now, this word wrestle is interesting. It means an intense conflict to the death with no rules. They, the church at Ephesus would have understood that. They didn't have WWF back in Ephesus, right? What is WWF? That's the male soap opera, Okay? Listen, if somebody who's 6'8", weighs 300 pounds, and is 6% body fat, if he punches you in the throat, you die. It's not like it is on TV, right? But back then, they had wrestling. Their professional athletes were wrestlers. Like one wrestler in ancient, in ancient times, they would take uh, nails, four to six inch nails, put them in between all here and wrap leather so that they stuck straight out and wrap leather all the way up their arms and they would carry clubs with spikes in them and they would fight to the death with no rules. They have ancient, you know, like you go to McDonald's and you get a cup and it has a pro athlete on it. Well, they found goblets and things like that with their athletes, missing eyes, you know, body parts messed up, champion wrestlers. That's what Paul used. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Listen, Satan doesn't play. Why did he say that? Satan doesn't play by the rules. You've been redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease, the curse of poverty and lack, yet he'll try to get you to live in all of it. But he can't do it legally. He's got to throw thoughts and fake you out, make you believe that what you're seeing, what you're feeling, all this stuff is greater than what God said. That's, that's what he's trying to do. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, powers, right? 
rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in heaven. Well, it says high places. That's the air under the mountains is what that Greek word means. The satanic hierarchy, these demons, these principalities and powers, we're wrestling against them. How are we wrestling? They don't play by the rules. What they're doing, all they can do is throw thoughts. They could try to illegally attack your body, attack your life, but no, you know, they know your body's subject to sickness and disease, right? They know things like this. Everything Satan does is twist things. He only invented one thing. He is the father of lies. And he will lie to you. That's why when you get a symptom in your body, you call it a lying symptom. It is lying to you. Right? I don't care if you have 104 temperature. That symptom is lying to you, saying, man, I'm going to take you out. But the truth of that is it has no right. Faith never denies a symptom or a circumstance. Faith denies its right to remain. Amen. Right? Faith doesn't, faith, faith is not blind. Faith sees very clearly. Right? When you have an empty checkbook, you better know that you are prosperous, that you have been redeemed from poverty and lack, and that's a spirit and it has no right in your life because the spirit of poverty and lack will never stop messing with you until you mess with it. Right? Same with all of this stuff. We stand, see, but when you allow the armor of God, it lifts you up so now you can see. See, when I'm here in a battle, I can think that the natural circumstances are my enemy. But when I let the armor of God manifest upon me, now I'm able to stand against. Up here, when it lifts me up, I see things, oh, wait a minute. Sickness is not my problem. It's under my feet. It has no right in my life. Oh, that person's not my problem. See, from up here, now I could survey the battlefield. I see that the enemy's the enemy. But down here, especially down here around friends that are not going in the same direction as I'm going, the ungodly, sinners, the scornful. Here, the scornful are wonderful, right? Let me tell you, that's people who teach people about people, right? Oh, Destiny, let me tell you about Pastor Torian. You know, did you notice, sometimes he doesn't smile. I wonder, right? I'm teaching you about him. That's scornful. Run from that. And if there are Christians telling you that, just, just go like this. Stick up your hand and go, hey, let's talk about something else. And what will happen is your brother or sister will go, oh, yeah, you know, we shouldn't be talking about that. Because nobody really wants to. It's just our flesh. Right? So we get this right. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we are wrestling against these principalities, these powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places that are throwing thoughts. That's how they're coming against you. Right? Right? Remember we said, we said last week, thoughts will originate from the teaching that you sit under, right? Go to a church that believes that God heals some and not others, and eventually, guess what you'll believe? God heals some and not others. 
God blesses some and not others because, you know, he's sovereign and, you know, you just never know what he's going to do, right? You got to be careful about that. Teaching your associations, the people that you are around. You want your close circle of people to be on fire for God, going in the same direction that you're going, right? Your observations are another way that thoughts come, the things that you observe, You get up and your knee has a sharp pain that goes through it. You observe that, but when you observe that pain, a thought hits your mind and goes, oh, man, you're 60-some years old, you know, knee replacement. Oh, you're going to have to have this or that, or a pain hits you. Oh, you know what? Man, pain in your chest, you know, you might have a heart attack. You might have some, right? Or you get up and have you ever had like a pain in your head where like you touch part of your, and you're like, oh, Brain tumor. (laughs) You're about to have an aneurysm. That's where you go, no. It is written, I will not die, but I will live and declare the works of the Lord. With long life he satisfies me and shows me his salvation. See, that's we wrestle not. Our warfare is not against people but it's against the spiritual powers that are operating behind the scenes through people. Okay? So this is very important. Verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Isn't that amazing? That's the second time in three verses that he said, uh, talked about taking the armor upon you. I wonder if he's, that's important right? Let me answer that question. Yes. Super important, right? Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Well, what is the evil day? Let me prophesy. It's September 6th, 2023. Let me give you a word of wisdom. That's something for the future, Tomorrow, it will be September 7th. That's going to be the evil day. See, you take the whole armor upon you that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That's the day that you're living in. The evil day is never tomorrow. It's always today. Okay? And then it says this, and having done all to stand, having done all to stand, next verse will say, stand therefore. So in other words, verse 13 is telling us we must prepare to stand. Developing spiritual strength is not an accident, right? Talk Talk to an NFL athlete. Talk to any athlete. It's not... They don't accidentally run a 4-3-40. Oh, geez, I just, all of a sudden, I just accidentally made the Olympics. (laughs) Nobody is going to accidentally win the U.S. Open in tennis, right? That little teenage girl who's kicking everybody's butt for America, guess what? There's no accidents, right? She has worked very hard. Having done all to stand, she's standing. We're not talking about tennis, though. We are talking about something much greater. It's called your life. 
having done all to stand. So this is the second time we're told to put on the whole armor of God. In verse 11, we're to put on the whole armor of God that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. We're told to put on the armor of God. Why? Because we are fighting a spiritual battle. Oh, it might look natural. It might feel natural. But it's not. It's spiritual. Okay? Every sickness, every disease, guess what? Cancer has a spiritual root. Diabetes has a spiritual root. Arthritis has a spiritual root. Depression, anxiety, fear, all have spiritual roots. Everything does. Right? The whole armor of God, in other words, will enable you and I to stand against all the devices of the enemy. All of them. Stand immovable. That's why we're talking about this. The armor of God, it doesn't automatically protect us. We must take it unto ourselves. We must allow it to be endued upon us, right? It doesn't happen automatically. It, we have to make a decision. The, the, the biggest decision, you've got to make a decision. I've had to make this decision. I've made a one-time decision that I will never, ever, ever, ever give up on, and that is let God be true, let every man be a liar. His word is what I live by. Whether I want to or not, whether my, or I should say this, I want to, my flesh might not want to. Amen. This is, when I come to the word of God, I don't come and go, well, should I do this? Or, you know, I, I, I don't know. Let me think about whether or not I should do this. No, 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 no. If he says it, I'm doing it. Amen. Right? Because I know him. Yes. He is life. Amen. Right? He's the one that gave me life. So there's a great scripture that talks about preparing to stand. Go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Hold your finger in Ephesians. We're going to come back. Doing a little expository teaching tonight. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. We're going to look at verse 46 and verse 47. It says this. It says, Whosoever comes to me, Jesus talking, hears my sayings, and does them, I will tell him, I will tell, I will show you to whom he is like. He's like a man which built a house, digged deep, laid a foundation on a rock, and when the flood arose, notice how did he dig deep? And laid a foundation. He he built a house, but he digged deep and he laid the foundation on a rock. That's what he's likening to hearing the word and doing it. Okay, so if you are writing notes in this scripture, hearing God's word plus doing God's word equals building a house, digging deep, and laying the foundation of the house upon a rock. And then it says this, and when, not if, but when. So in other words, what we're about to describe is going to come to everybody. And when the flood arose, 
and the stream beat vehemently upon that house. What, pastor, are you telling me that there's going to be a flood and something's going to beat on my, on my life? Yeah. yeah. Not if, when. Yeah. But listen, God always causes you to triumph, always gives you the victory, but now you have to believe that and walk in it. The, none of the storms of life are even to do anything to your house. And the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it. Why? Because I, what is the rock? The rock is a revelation of Jesus Christ. I laid the foundation of my life upon that rock. I, how do I do that? I've allowed the armor of God to be endued upon me. I've taken the armor upon myself. God, I'm your child, and I receive your word tonight. I will never be weak again. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's what we're talking about here tonight. The stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it. Why? Well, because that person had a lot of money. No. Well, because that person went to a certain Ivy League school. No. It says because the life, that house, was founded upon a rock. That's what it means to having done all to stand. Okay? So now we're ready for verse 14 of chapter 6 of Ephesians. So jump back there. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Okay? Now it's going to start describing the armor of God. The armor is going to be mentioned as being, what, a belt, a breastplate, shoes, a shield, a helmet, and a sword. Okay? Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. See, the belt of truth. What is, what is truth? John 17, 17, thy word is truth. That is what my belt is. The belt is the word of God, right? You're going to actually see that every piece is the word of God. But why, why would he use this? See, the belt of truth allows us to fight without being entangled in our other garments, okay? If you don't surround, surround like a belt, if you don't surround your thought life with truth or with the word of God, you will become entangled with wrong thinking, wrong believing, wrong speaking, and wrong behavior. Okay? Wow, pastor, that was so good. We got to say that again. Wow. Right? If you don't surround your thought life with truth, the belt of truth or the word of God, you will become entangled with wrong thinking, wrong believing, right? Wrong speaking, and wrong behavior. 
to have the belt of truth on is to have your eyes fixed on Jesus. In other words, to have your eyes fixed upon his word. The doer, as James says, he looks at the perfect law of liberty and he keeps on looking. That's the only difference. The listener of the word looks, puts it down, and goes his own way and starts thinking about all the stuff he's got to do in his life. And he forgets what manner of man he was. Was when? When he was looking at the perfect law of freedom, the word of God. Very important. So, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. This, this word preparation, this means a firm foundation of the gospel of peace. Above all, actually in the Greek it would be probably more accurately translated, in front of all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench, this means extinguish, all. Do you know what that word all means? All. The shield of faith causes you to be able to extinguish all the fiery darts of what? Of the enemy or of the wicked. You know what those darts are, right? Those are thoughts. Do you want to take every thought captive? Keep the shield of faith in front of you, right? What is faith? I'm firmly persuaded what the word of God says is true, and I keep it in my heart, and I keep it coming out of my mouth. And the word of God coming out of my mouth will literally take every fiery dart or every thought captive and bring it into the obedience to the word of God. Very simple, but this is what the word is saying to us. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. What is the sword of the spirit? Which is the word of God. Now you, let's, let's bring some clarity. If you read this literally in the Greek, it would say, and take the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema of God. The sword of the spirit is not the word of God. So that means, see, I walk around with my Bible all day. That's going to do me no good. The sword of the spirit if you'll notice, is the only offensive weapon, right? The sword of the Spirit is the rhema of God. What is that? That is the spoken word of God. So the rhema of God is when I speak the word of God, and it's a sword. It'll divide soul and spirit. It'll tell me what's me, what's not, right? It'll take every thought captive, right? See, not only will the shield of faith stop the, stop the dart, but now I quench and I take every thought captive with the sword of the Spirit. Remember how Paul used that in 2 Corinthians chapter 10? 
The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Taking every thought captive. Remember I said that Roman word to take captive? The Roman soldier would grab a person, slam them into his breastplate while pulling a sword and jamming it up their spine, rendering them paralyzed from the neck down and would just drop them in the, in the ground and let them lay there and die. That's, that's what the sword of the Spirit does. When you speak the word of God, man, I'm so weak. I'm so weak. And then you're hitting these thoughts. I'm so weak. I'm so sick. I'm so tired. I can't do anything. But when you rise up and say, no, it is written, right? I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I'm not blind. I can see. I'm not poor. I'm rich. I'm not sick. I'm healed. In Jesus' name, it's written. Then what that does is it kills that thought. That's what we're talking about right here. That's what he's saying. God is literally telling us how to be strong in him. So the days of you spending three minutes, whenever you have a chance, to get in the word has to be over. Because you can't let the armor of God manifest upon you if you spend 99% of your time looking at worldly things, speaking junk, and then you jump out here with a scripture once in a while. You won't believe it. Right? And can you do that? Oh my goodness. The Bible is very clear. He will lengthen your day. What does that mean? You will get everything done when you put him first. We have a whole bunch of people here that will literally sit down with you and teach you how that works for them. You have a pastor, I'm working three jobs, I can't come to church, I'm doing this, I'm always tired. Okay, so that's where you are. So start getting the armor of God, letting it manifest upon you by meditating in the word, get the word in your mouth, look down on the inside of you, pretty soon the Holy Spirit, you're going to see that the armor prepares you to pray. And then pretty soon the Holy Spirit will start stirring you how to pray. And you could say, well, you know, pastor, in my line of work, I just have to work Sunday mornings. Well, now you've got a dilemma. Because God says, don't abandon the forsake, don't forsake the assembling of yourself. You need to be in church. That's part of your foundation. Yeah, but I have to work on Sunday. Okay, be faithful, but start looking down on the inside of you, and pretty soon God will start stirring you to pray and he will orchestrate you not having to work on Sunday anymore. He will orchestrate extra money coming in and everything else. If you'll follow him to where all of a sudden now your schedule will get freed up, it might take a little time, but that's okay. Time's going to pass anyway, right? And you don't get down on yourself. And you don't say this is my lot in life. No, 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 no. No, nobody dictates Nobody in the natural dictates your life as a child of God. God dictates it. Your steps are ordered. And to walk out his plan for your life, you're going to have to be strong. He might have you change careers. Right? He might have you leave that job and take a job worth half of what you're pay, getting paid now. But what you don't know is he had you go over there to connect you with somebody that's going to now catapult you into making three times as much later. 
And you'll do it because all of your trust is in him. Right? This is why I seek first the kingdom and he adds everything to me. God knows he is your answer. So don't beat yourself up where you are. Just smile and go, I'm not staying here. Right? I'm not staying here. Pastor, unable to come to church right now. But that season's going to be real short because I'm going to start believing God and God's going to move and all of a sudden, man, there'll be a testimony. Man, God did this and that and this and boom. Right? Now I've got more money than I've ever had. My life is awesome. Plus, I've seen God move, which drips with how much he loves me. Right? The, blessed pay, the breastplate of righteousness is vital. What do I mean by that? We must have a revelation of the fact that we were made the very righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. And now, because I've been made the, the very righteousness of Almighty God in Christ, I am immovable. I am far from oppression. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I'm going to condemn it because I'm righteous. I'm far from oppression because I never fear. Why? Because I'm righteous. I've been made the righteousness of God. It is my breastplate. Knowing the breastplate. Why the breastplate? Knowing your position. Righteousness is your position with God. Knowing that position guards your heart. How do I guard my heart with all diligence? For out of it flows the issues or boundaries of my life. I have to know who I am in Christ. That's why all the whole world right now is trying to mess with everybody's identity. Right? Do you ever notice, I mean, any time you see fear working to promote any agenda, you got to know that's Satan. Right? Oh, they're starting to tell us. Oh, there's these variants. It's coming back. We're going to have to shut everything down. Everybody's going to have to wear masks. There's going to be this and that. And people, no. No. I, I'm not scared of that. Right? I'm not scared of that. No, I'm in, in righteousness. I, I'll be far from oppression. Why? Because I will not fear. Right? Oh, man, if we just get the wrong guy in the White House in this next election, America is done. Where is that? Because my Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face. Now, this is me being very political right now. And turn from their wicked ways, the man the God, the one above all, will hear from heaven and he will come and he will heal our land. It doesn't say if a certain political party gets in, right? Well, are you, are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? I'm a Christian. Well, how do you vote? Do you vote Republican or Democrat? I vote righteous. Uh, this, is my, this is my filter. This is the filter, right? I, as a matter of fact, this is my everything. Because listen, I am an American citizen second. 
I'm a citizen of heaven, a child of God first. Does that make sense? This is what, this is what we have to promote. And therefore, we walk in the earth. We love as Jesus loves. We love as Jesus loves. So if there's people afraid, or if there's people that maybe don't believe like we do, we're okay with that. We're just, we're just going to live our life and be light before them. We're not going to beat them up with the Bible. We're not going to disown them. No, no. Because why? We are the ones with authority. We carry the very kingdom of God, the very light of God. We are the ones. No, no, no. No, yeah, we're going to pray for our leaders. They need our prayers. Would you really want to be the president of the United States? Man. Remember when President Obama became president? He had a black head of hair. President Obama, right? Young, athletic-looking guy. At the end of his first term, you're going, what happened to him? Gray hairs popping out everywhere. I mean, you know, by, by eight years, he's like, oh. No thank you. Right? Do you know, they say one of the worst things that you can do for a living is being a pastor. It's one of the most stressful things. I mean, when they look, when you look at stuff, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I literally am tucked away with Christ, who is the Prince of Peace. He is my rest, and then I'm tucked away with Christ in God. Do you worry about? I refuse to worry. Do I, do, do, do I have opportunities? Yeah, I just refuse to take those opportunities. Why? Because I choose to be continually strengthened inwardly in the Lord. It's not me. Any strength in me is his. So there's an endless supply of that. How did I get off on all that? Man, I'm telling you, okay. Having your feet shod with the preparation, the firm foundation of the gospel of peace. Do you know that word peace means health? It means welfare, and it means prosperity. If you take health, welfare, and prosperity, you could say this, it represents the peace we have with God that brings us not only stability, right? Welfare, prosperity, that brings stability. It also brings agility, health. The preparation of the gospel of peace brings stability into my life and it brings agility into my life. The firm foundation of the gospel of peace will keep me fixed and immovable in Christ. I'm not trying to be somebody. God already made me somebody in Christ. Right? I remember when I was in the sporting goods industry, you'd get around and, and oh, these pro athletes, everybody's like, oh, did you see that? Do you see who that is? Do you realize, do you realize when you get to heaven, I mean, here's Pastor Elisa, Pastor Torian. When they get to heaven, we're all going to be hanging out and God is going to walk up to them and go, I know you. 
you are mine. It gets no better than that. People don't impress me much. Why? I love people. And I'm impressed with what some of these athletes could do, some of the talents. on That's impressive, but it's nothing compared to my father and to my Lord, who my Lord, while he's sitting on the throne, watching over every word all of his children say to perform them, he's still holding the universe in place and creating more. That's impressive. I think he could pay your electric bill. I think in, in this housing environment where people are like, oh my gosh, houses are just exploding. Yeah, good thing you got a rich dad. Right? I mean, we all know, we all know Pastor Torian is El Shaddad, but your dad is El Shaddai. Right? I mean, he is. How could he be El Shaddad? Because his dad's El Shaddai. Right? And I know I'm kind of being funny, but I'm kind of being real truthful. Real anointed when you start talking about this. The shield of faith, it quenches all the fiery darts of the enemy. All of them. When we believe, and so this is how it works. When we believe God's word in our hearts and confess God's word out of our mouths, we will stop every thought that the enemy brings against us. I got to say that again. That's the shield of faith. How do you operate the shield of faith? When we believe God's word in our hearts and speak God's word out of our mouths, what do we do? We will stop every thought, every fiery dart that the enemy is throwing against us. Come on, pastor, are you kidding me? Yeah, no, 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 I'm not kidding. Life and death is in the power, the direction of your tongue. Your tongue hands you things. Why don't you let your tongue hand you life? Don't let your tongue hand you death because somebody hurt you. Don't let a circumstance, looking at a circumstance that hits your life, that might make you a little uncomfortable right now, don't let that hand you death. No, you get rid of that and let and let life keep coming, right? Don't let a doctor's diagnosis rock your world. Listen, you already have. You got the practicing physician specialist report. Don't get mad at that doctor. He's operating under what he knows, which is only natural. But we don't have a practicing physician. We have the great physician who's not practicing. And his word, the truth of his word, will change all the facts of any MRI, any blood test. Right? Why? Because of what he said. That's why we could say, I'm coming out. Man, are you ready for verse 17? The helmet of salvation. That's kind of an important thing, right? And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the spoken word of God. Wow. What is the helmet of salvation? It is my mind being protected by God's word. I renovate my thinking. How do I renovate my thinking? 
There's only one way. When I implant the word in my spirit, and now it comes out of my spirit and it washes over my mind, it will pull out all of that detrimental thought processes and renovate my mind so that I start thinking in line with God. It brings, as James says, the implanted word will bring salvation, healing, wholeness to your soulish realm. We must renew our minds with God's word. Why? So that we will hear right, think right, believe right, and speak right. We must renew our minds with God's word. Why? So that we will hear right. Right? So that we will hear right, think right, believe right, and act right. It's all, put all the pressure on the word of God. The word of God and the spirit of God will bring out on the outside and show you who you really are. Talking all this junk, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. You do not want to have to wait until you stand before Jesus and go, wow, I had access to all of this. Right? Don't, don't live your life. Realize it now. Whatever career you're in, who you are in Christ will make you the head and not the tail. You'll be above only and not beneath. None of this roller coaster. Well, this quarter I was up, this one I'm down. Well, you know, no, 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 no. God wants you above only. He will teach you how to profit. He will lead you in the way that you should go so that you're above only. Your flesh is going to have to do some crazy things, though, and submit to what the Word of God says, right? The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. In other words, it is the Word of God that we know and speak that will deliver us. It is the Word of God that we know and speak that will deliver us. Wow. It's the Word of God Hidden. So what I'm doing now is going a little deeper with that statement. It is the word of God hidden in your heart, activated by the power of the Holy Spirit, and spoken at the right time, in the right situation, that will cause you to walk victoriously in life. It's the word of God hidden in your heart, activated by the Holy Spirit and spoken right in the right situation that will cause you to walk in victory. And the Holy Spirit, as you follow him, he will always ensure that you are in the right place at the right time, with the right heart, doing and speaking the right thing. He will give you the right utterance to speak it. So you meditate in the word of God and all of a sudden he activates the word of God and now you speak it at the perfect moment and the enemy flees and things change. You curse cancer in your body and it dies. You lay hands on the sick and they recover, right? You speak to your business and it changes. You speak when you need a job and it opens up to you, the right one. 
And you know it, because you can't go by the natural. Right? Because the one that God has for you, it might make a little less money. But think about this. You're a child of God, and you've been given everything. You have access to the wealth of heaven. Who cares if you're making $1,000 less a month? Because the path of the righteous is one of increase. There's no way you're going to decrease if you're strong. But notice, we're not talking about being strong in us. Right? Strong in the Lord. Ready for verse 18? Now, all of this armor is for the purpose of us praying always. Always. So I wonder what that means. So that means we're always talking to God. And we're always listening to him talk to us. Because prayer is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. And as a matter of fact, the more you grow in prayer, the more you realize, when I'm talking to the one who knows everything, I'm going to talk a little, and then I'm going to listen big. Because he has all the answers. And I don't want the Lord to be standing there going... Right? No, no. I want him, I want him, I want to talk to him and then I want, I want to shut up so he could go, okay, now let me give you your answer. Now that's a lot easier for my wife because she actually talks, she thinks in her heart before she talks. Me? I kind of work things out. The Lord's got to be like, Tony, this is what you're doing. I need you to do this just for a little while so I could get things over to you. You know one of the hardest things I do in life? I go in my, I go in my office and sit. I literally take all my devices and shut them. No book, no nothing, and I just sit in a chair. My flesh hates that. Because I want to, you know, I'll hear my wife walk by. And I'm like, oh, I want to. No. I got to hear from him. Yeah. He has all the answers. I remember, in, I remember at Rama, Keith Moore, in one of his classes, he was telling me, he goes, man, when you get around somebody like Brother Hagen, shut up. Let him talk. So I remember one time I was, I was going to class. There's a building. It's called Rooker uh, Memorial. And I had a class with Brother Hagen. So I'm standing outside waiting for a friend of mine. We're going to go in together. And Brother Hagen walks up because the teacher's thing was in the back. And he thought I was waiting to talk to him. So he walked up to me. And I mean, I started, I started talking to him. And I heard Keith Moore's voice. Talk little and shut up and let him talk. Right? That's the way it is with God. Praying always, look at this, with all prayer. Most Christians would go, what, what are you talking about? All prayer. Do you know there's nine different types of prayer outlined in the New Testament? All of them have different rules. Which one is the most important? The one that you're to pray at the time. The Amplified Classic says it really good in the Greek, praying always with all manner of prayer. And supplication, which is one of the prayers. And supplication in the Spirit. So in the Greek language, this in the spirit means stirred by the spirit. 
In other words, the Holy Spirit will give you the utterance. He will stir you. You'll be going throughout your day and all of a sudden you'll feel like, man, I just need to pray. Do you know that happens to me all the time? I literally will pull up our church list and I just start looking at names. And I start, and, and all of a sudden, what is it? I'm just stirred to pray for people. But see, that's effective prayer. Praying what I want to pray is not effective. Right? Well, I'm an intercessor. I just want to pray the prayer of intercession. Well, okay, knock yourself out. Because ministry is really hard when you're working and God's not working. But it's really easy. Like, pastor, what do you study? What he wants me to study. Right? Praying always with all manner of prayer and supplication stirred or directed by the Holy Spirit. That includes tongues. Oh, don't talk about tongues, Pastor, that Holy Spirit stuff. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. Not sorry at all. Father, I didn't mean that word. I cursed that word. Not even close to being sorry. You must receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because our weakness, as listed in Romans chapter 8, is we just don't know how to pray as we ought. Many times when I pray, I start out praying in the Spirit, praying in, in my prayer language, and then all of a sudden, out of that, he stirs me to pray things in English. But while I'm praying in the Spirit, guess what the Bible says about that? The Holy Spirit is giving my spirit utterance, and I am praying the perfect will of God for my life or whoever else's life. Praying always with all manner of prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance. In other words, it causes you to be on the alert. And supplication for all saints. In other words, you could just write this by this verse. Having the armor of God prepares me to pray. That is so important. Oh, there's so much more. We're going to have to do more of this next week. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. We enter eternity when we come here. I've been preaching for an hour. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Isn't it good? Isn't this good? God's word is equipping us. It's equipping us to go and be equipped to walk out God's plan for our life. Do not let where you are at in any way determine where you are going. Man, the Bible is real clear. God's plan for your life and my life is so good, we can't even imagine it with our natural mind. But his spirit will reveal it to us. I'll guarantee you, he wants you healthy, strong. He wants you to have more than enough finances. He wants you to be fearless in him. He wants you to be strong and immovable in him. When you're a friend to somebody, he wants you to be a strong friend. Listen, if you've ever messed up and you've went through stuff and your friends, people will say, man, I lost all my friends through that deal. No, you didn't. You didn't lose one. You just found out who they were and who they were not. But you be a friend that no matter what a person does, I'm going to stay with you and believe in you because that's the way God is with us. All things are possible, guys, and we're going to walk in it. And remember this, we get all this together.